Hallelujah. It is good to be. I, I wasn't away two weeks. I was just away one Sunday because I was here with Rod. But <laughs> yeah, no, it was awesome. Um, still very grateful for what Rod came and that, what Rod and Larry sowed into our youth and with this T and Stacy man. Excited what God is doing amongst us and, and best is yet to come. Um, a couple of things I also wanted to mention. Um, firstly, Put it on your calendars this date, August 31st. It's, I mean, August 21st, it's a Saturday morning for two hours, 9th to 11th. This is something you're going to want to attend. It's completely free. And let me tell you a little about it. Um, you may know we have a, we have a very um, high-standing community member in our, in our congregation. He's been part of Lake Haven for decades, and that is Lance Pauley. He, if you know Lance and you know and, and know about him, he is um, the owner of uh, Harden Pauldy Funeral Home. And Lance and, and Lance and Betty, they're just an awesome, awesome couple. They've been um, in the community, as I said, for years. There's just about nobody they don't know in the history of Eustace. They don't they don't know in this in this region. And uh, Lance is plugged in. He, he he is just almost every pastor, every leader, every business owner knows Lance. He's just such an full guy, so full of integrity. Now Lance, in his massive experience in, um, in, in the realm of this. I have learned so much over the years from Lance. Um, and it's incredible. Lance, as you say in America, Lance, Lance. So, um, <laughs> but, but, um, but there is so much that I've learned in, in, in dealing with people and, and end of life situations. And it's incredible to, that eventually I said to Lance, I said, Lance, won't you please come in and share with the congregation a little bit um, about this because he has he is so jam-packed with information good information about it, preparation for end of life and and how to be prepared and i tell you what the amount of peace that you can get when you are prepared or you or your family or a parent or a loved one is prepared for end of life and lest those of you who think oh well i don't need to worry about that because i'm under 80 years old let me tell you that a th and and they were speaking to sean and, and lance were telling me one-third of the deaths they deal with, 30% of the deaths they deal with are young people. 30%. That means that, that the people die from accidents or et cetera, et cetera, that are unexpected scenarios. I know we all think we're all going to live forever, but, you know, praise God, we've got hope when we go. We're going, we're going to be with Jesus, right? In fact, we were, I'll tell you a little bit about where we were this weekend in a minute, but but, or this week, this, we were up in Colorado, and one of, the, one of my friends that I got to know, I'm not super close with Glenda, but if you, any of you know Dennis and Denise Capra, um, the Capras are a, a well-known couple that we've been with, I've known for many, many years, um, and they worked with Glenda Tate, and, and, and uh, Glenda was sitting at our table um, while we, we were with Andrew with on Wednesday night and on Thursday, and on Friday morning, we found out that Glenda passed away during the night. It was like, what? We were just sitting talking to her yesterday, and, and she passed away through the night. And it's just amazing that sometimes unexpected things happen. And um, Lance and Sean have created a booklet, this booklet, which is jam-packed with information. I mean, it's so, when I was listening to them talk about it, and they said, um, this, this booklet is, is, called, is about pre-planning, and, it's, and just in case you think, oh, it's just money, I'm, this is not about money, I promise you. This is about information, about knowing what, can, what you can do and things like that. And, and um, it's, it's pre-planning is an act of love. It's like, to my loved ones, the first four steps, what to do, contact, who to contact, friends, important things, securing, um, locating insurance policies. I was like, you know, the first few hours, he's got a whole page on what to do when somebody passes away within the first few hours. You know, you, you know what it's like suffering a tragedy and you don't even know what to do? You're like, and, and they were talking like, how many people have even thought about your pets? If you passed away, what happens to your pet? Have you thought about that? I didn't even think about that. But it was like p people to notify, um, you know, emergency contacts, family members, friends, employers, clergy, insurance agents, um, arrange for and fund. Uh, funeral services, arrangements, funeral merchandise, tr uh, food and lodging for families, flowers, clergy, music, internment, monuments, memorials, obituaries, protect assets, your, your businesses, your jewelry, your valuables, your safe, 
your, your pets, your secure utilities and phone servers, lock charge accounts, lock bank accounts, blah, 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 a location of vital information, your wills, your trust, your insurance policy, your birth certificate, marriage certificate, driver's license, social security, banking information, investment account, blah, 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 blah. It goes on, and that's just on that page. Then he's got lists of vital information here, who, a list where you can fill in um, ultimately on who uh, calls to be made, um, uh, pro personal property and assets, vital documents, who's your funeral provider, what's going to be happening, where your will is located, who's got the safe codes and keys, um, blah, 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 insurance policy, blah, 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 blah. I'm telling you, packed with information that they've just learned over decades that when you've got this document and your loved ones know, it makes it so easy. And so anybody who comes to that event on that Saturday morning, it'll be from 9 till 11, they will pro we'll have some breakfast, some breakfast items, and some lunch. And what we're going to do is, so it starts at 9, we'll have a bit of breakfast, snacks, or whatever, 9.30 to 10. For about an hour, Lance and Sean are going to share about this, and then they'll be available for Q&A afterwards. So it'll only be two hours long. I tell you what, this is powerful. I, as a pastor, I have sat with many people in hospitals. I've already been done a lot of a lot of funerals, and let me tell you, this is power, power. So Lance is a blessing to us. If any of you have ever dealt with him, he's a massive, massive blessing, and he's totally prepared to to do. And I said, man, I, I learned so much through. Like I said, I, I mean, just donating your body to science, because some people have done that. He filled me in with. I was like shocked. There is a lot of um, there's a big area of a lack of integrity in this area. And he, sh and he gave me clarity and all of that. So there's so much information here. So I, I, I know I'm, I'm going on a little bit about it, but, but schedule for August, that's Saturday morning, August the 21st, um, from 9 to 11, okay? And it's going to be called, just as this booklet is, To Be Remembered. So we, when you start seeing that on our slides and at the back there, the To Be Remembered is Saturday morning, August the 21st. Highly recommend that you take advantage of that. Amen? Yes? Sure, I don't have a mic with me though. But as he's talking, um, I've, and within our family, I've got stories, I mean, examples of both ends. When my father in law died, he died of cancer, pop, and um, when we went into his house, poof, he had everything. I mean, files. I mean, he put everything in order. Everything. You could go. Look, A disease, man, you could look up everything and find what you needed and the, the comfort that it brought to um, Linda and the family of being able to take care of everything. Right. Paying bills and like you're saying, everything yeah. on that list. Yeah. On the second side, we have a, a, they're not personal family, but they're related to us. This gentleman's wife had passed away and she took care of all the bills. And he, they're lost. Right. They still haven't been able to find things. And they own properties, strip malls, and all this. Mm -hmm. And they're still not able to find property and papers for this. Mm. Yeah. You know? And the family, yeah. actually my um, niece, is actually helping to help take care of this because no one within the family knew anything. Right. Bank accounts, all that. She took care of everything. Yeah. yeah. Becomes super it took stressful. Care of everything. It wasn't planned. It was right. no. But that's just two examples of yeah. your family right. dealing with this with peace or or anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. And and like I say, it doesn't matter if you're young or old. I tell you what, man, it, it's useful information. You'll never you'll never regret something like that. Get a will in place. All of that. Just super super important. Um, we fortunately, you know, some people think that we can't talk about death because it's bad luck. Are you kidding? For us, it's good luck. I mean, if you know, you know, it's like we, we just we, we just go translate and we go and step into heaven and rejoice with Jesus. We know that, so we're not we're, we're not concerned. We're not afraid of death. But just because you're young, I promise you, I I've had the privilege of living over 50 years already, <laughs> and and I tell you what, it, I, it's a blessing to even get to my age sometimes. You know, and and people that have that I've known and many of you have known young folk that have suddenly passed away. So so young folk, don't don't. Don't think, oh, well, you know what? I'd never have to worry about it. I don't have a will. I don't have to worry concerning it. So anyhow, enough about that. Grateful for Lance and 
um, and Betty, and then certainly Sean, who's going to be coming with him. Great, great people. And um, they, they normally, by the way, they're making these freely available to attendees. They don't give this book out, typically. They don't, just so you know. They, they, normally, they, there's a, they, they normally handle it differently. But for a lake haven, they are going to, um, to do that. They're going to bring a uh, number of booklets with you. Amen. So um, as we mentioned... Corin and I were away uh, this for our, a vacation week. We took the kids and, and we had a, a week off. We were down in Orlando and then we went over to the coast and it just, just sort of here in Florida and it was a, it was a great a little vacation break before the kids go back to school. And we came back this um, last Monday night and spent Tuesday here in the office. And then Wednesday, we, we were blessed to go up to Colorado um, I, for a, an event that I, I haven't been to before. Uh, Corin and I were invented because we're part of uh, we, uh, the Army, A-R-M-I, that's Andrew Womack's ministerial organization. So Greg Moore, many of you may know Pastor Greg Moore, um, he, he heads up the ministerial fraternity and he asked me if I wouldn't mind being the area representative for Orlando and north of F- and Florida North. And so um, uh, this was, a, a, so I'm considered what they call a regional advocate for army, for any ministers that want to join, traveling ministers or pastors in the region that want to associate with Andrew's ministry. So a, as a regional advocate, we were, we were advocates, Corin and I were invited to go to this event. And um, it was really just a, a great time. Uh, uh, thank you. And I mentioned to those of you who pray for us regularly as well as um, in our weekly prayer meetings and things like be praying for us because we just had a sense of, of destiny in one sense because we got to meet a bunch of, you know, the big wigs and, and, and speak to Andrew and Kerry Pickett and Barry Bennett and, you know, Wendell Parr, a lot of the lectures and of course, Greg and Janice and, and all of these folks. And they were just able to pour into us as, as a group. And we got to know a bunch of pastors from around the country from California through the central all over the country pastors other regional advocates that we got to to meet pastors so it was it was a really really a rich a rich time and and we're grateful for those relationships and and so I continue to pray for our ministers you know as we've as we've stepped into this role we're getting to know pastors in the region between here and North Florida and it's been fun to invite them to other events like you know uh, I don't know how many of you came to our overflow conference this year you were here. A number of you came to our overflow conference. I got so much good feedback from our overflow conference. The pastors that came to that, and they wanted to know when the next one is going to be. And so we sat down with Greg and, and Janice, and and, and we, we, we penciled in the dates for, so we'll see if it'll actually happen, but we got dates on the calendar for next year for the overflow conference. And so, yes, as soon as they're official, we'll, we'll let you know for next year how that all, how that all comes together. But um, Lots of things, you know, as you plan your next year, we, you know, Andrew's going to be in town. And, and it, it was, um, yeah, who knows? I, I said to Andrew, I, had, I actually had an opportunity to speak with Andrew a couple times, and, and, um, and it was fascinating. I said, man, it would be awesome if you wouldn't mind coming and speaking at Lake Haven sometime. And he, and he said, well, have you asked me yet? <laughs> he says, you have not because you ask not. So I said, Okay. <laughs> so he gave me the contact of his personal assistant. So who knows? Who knows? We'll, we'll keep you updated. <laughs> but it was, uh, it was a blessing. Hallelujah. Praise God. We're grateful. And, and uh, Corinne and I were really richly blessed. And, you know, um, we had a number of words spoken to us. And many of you who have tracked those words that have been given to Lake Haven, both by Pastor Greg and other people, many other people, Mary Dorian or other individuals, it's, it's interesting to see the congruency of the words that are given to us. And, and so be praying for us because we feel a great sense of destiny, a great sense of destiny for this region. Don't be thinking within the four walls of this property, please. Pray for us. There is a, there is a destiny for us. And we've been given some very specific confirmations and things like that. We're like, Lord, we're willing. Amen. Are you, are you willing to walk with us, you know, and are you willing to be part of this? Are you, because, uh, because it's going to take, it's going to take you doing your part and me doing my part and us doing our part to, to get what God wants to be done. I'm going to say that again. For God to do what he wants to do, he can't do it without you and me. You've heard me say that a number of times. Amen. You have to play your role. You have to do your part that God asks you to do. And in fact, that's the title of my message today. It's called The Blessings 
of obedience. The blessings of obedience. And, and um, I know that for grace people, when you say obedience, sometimes grace people are like, woo, I mean, you know, don't talk about obedience and commands because I'm in grace, you know, and God has blessed me and I'm seated with Christ and I have everything for life and godliness. And that's true. Hallelujah. But we need to talk about how we walk in the blessings of obedience and why we need to walk in the blessings of obedience. And because obedience brings a blessing. And, and, and I have to be very clear to, to distinguish between us. I, we have, as we have said so many, 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 many times before, Second Peter 1 says that we have been given everything for life and godliness through our knowledge of him. So have we, positionally, if you will, we, as, as a believer, if you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you know that positionally you are seated with Christ. You are in him, and in him you've been given all these, this, this authority, and you've been given all these, these things that are part of our inheritance in him. Now, it's very important that you understand that truth. You haven't been given it apart from Jesus. Jesus had the contract or covenant, if you will, with God, not you. You and I do not have a contract or a covenant with God. I'm going to let that settle in a little bit. You do not have a covenant with God. You do not have a contract with God. You and I, by grace, through faith, in Him, can step into Him, and in Him we become a co-heir. That means that you, it's not dependent on anything you do or don't do, to become a co-heir because it's his inheritance. That's freeing people because otherwise you're stuck in this churchy world where they say, you better be good or you don't get it. And I told you, but when you get this revelation, like, no, 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 it's mine because I'm in him. Okay? That's an important distinction to make. The covenant is free. God made the, the blood it talks about, whoo, the blood of the eternal covenant. Jesus' blood. That's why we celebrate communion. The eternal blood of the covenants. The eternal, not temporary. The eternal blood of the covenant. We, that, that covenant that God has was with, with him. And by grace, thank God for grace, his ability, all of that, by grace, through faith. It's important. Faith is part Andrew has a great book called The Balance of Grace and Faith, and it's a powerful read. Because you can't separate grace and faith and not have an understanding that it is by faith. And that's why the Word of God tells us in Habakkuk and in Hebrews and in Romans and somewhere else, offhand, it says, the just shall live by faith. By faith. So, so faith is a huge deal, but faith gives us access into this grace in which we now stand right? Faith gives us access. So two weeks ago, um, well, sorry, more than that, but I did for two sessions, I spoke about what's your B-hat. Remember that? It was a strange title, but what's your big, hairy, audacious, and I changed the word to truth. What is your big, hairy, audacious truth? And we, we, and we, we, we have to understand, I'm setting the tone here by that, that those messages I did, what, what is, and we spoke about the love of God, because it is essential for you and I to understand that God loves us unconditionally. And we, we went into detail. And I mean, obviously, the love of God we could speak on forever <laughs> because it is such a powerful truth. But to understand that God is always given, his love does never, ever change towards us. It's a foundational truth. And Ephesians 3, as we study then, said that is why we need to be rooted and grounded in this love, now, that we can know this, this love beyond knowing intellectual knowing how high it is and how deep it is and how wide it is. We, we, we have to know that God's love doesn't change because otherwise we become that religious little Christianity or churchianity Christian that tries to earn God's love. That's just dead works. We don't get to earn God's love. You and I and Hitler are loved just as much as Jesus. Now, I, I know that doesn't compute in our heads. I had 
the dubious privilege of living in Africa and going through some of those. And I tell you what, I got angry and I didn't understand it with God to be some of these dictators and see some of the results of some of these dictators that literally are children are starving to death in the country and people are starving to death because of a dictator's selfishness. And when God said to me, do you know that you're loved just as much as he is? I, I, I had a problem with that. But you and I are love because you see God, you don't earn God's love. You can't earn God's love. God is love. God, the love of God is a personality trait of his. And, 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 and to get yourself, it is absolutely the bedrock of our Christian faith is to know beyond knowing that God is love. Because when you get grounded in your heart and you write that on the tables of your heart that God is love, then that changes because when you do screw up and you do make mistakes and you do this and you do that, you know that you can always go back to your father. The, the beautiful story of the prodigal son, right? He, father doesn't change, but you can always go back to him. You can always go back to him. But like I said, in churchianity, in churchianity, people were like, oh no, you've got to do this and then, you, then you're loved. And we can, we, we, like I said, we could spend a long time on the love of God and I love to because there, there is so much scriptures that I was confused about. Like, well, if you love God, then he will do this. And there are scriptures that sound like that, but they're perfectly explainable when you study the topic. But God does not change. God doesn't say, okay, I'm going to be angry with you if you, listen, guys, if you think God's going to be angry with you because what you sin, you do not understand the very basic foundation of the faith. The very basic foundation of the faith. The very basis of the faith of the, of the, of the cross. The very foundation of the cross is that he took the punishment that brought us peace. All the punishment for all of your and my sin was placed on Jesus on the cross. That is the foundation. So if somebody says, oh, well, God's going to be angry with your sin. Dude, you need to hear the gospel. Now, I know that sounds very confrontational because I'm saying it in that way, but that is the absolute truth. God placed, poured, if you go and read Isaiah chapter 53, God poured all of his, the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. It's powerful. It's powerful. Because when we understand, that is the foundation. That is the absolute foundation. But you see, the problem for churchianity people is that when they hear a message like that, they say, oh, great, then I don't have to do anything because he loves me. Because they thought, they thought the goal was to be loved by God. So suddenly they hear part of the gospel that says, oh, no, 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 you've been loved by God. There's nothing can change your love. So they say, oh, good, then I don't have to do it. I don't have to worry about anything because I'm loved by God. Like that was the destination. That was the goal that they had been taught to in so many religious institutions that, you know, just earn, wake your way. You do a little hamster roll thing and do work hard in church and do serve in church and pay lots of money to the church. And then maybe, maybe one day God will love you, Right. So that, that's not the case. So when they, again, they hear the message that God loves them, and I think, well, then I don't have to do anything because God loves me anyhow. Well, yes, he does. But, there's a big but. But you aren't going to walk in the obedience. You want, you're not going to walk in the blessings of God. You will not walk in the blessings of God. And, and, and so we're going to go through a bunch of scriptures here as, as time allows. Um, but, but I want you to understand this. God works in earth through our faith, obedience, and authority. So the authority of mankind. Now, the last two messages that you've heard from Pastor Rod talking about dare to declare and, pastor, and Keith as a pastor, he was stepping in definitely as a pastoral heart and, so, and, and teacher, but he was stepping in and he was speaking about the power of words, right? And now that's got to do with faith and declaring and, and the power of your, of, of your words. Now, the, it, if, you, if you, we break that all out and you understand that the authority of mankind, it, God's, we, it has to happen through faith, obedience, and the authority of mankind. Now, I want you to understand that, that 
there is such a thing that God, because God, God gave man authority on earth. Do, you, do we get that? Man has authority on earth. God gave the earth to mankind. And, and so, so and I, even the famous scripture, let's look at, I mean, Acts 10.38, if you have your Bibles there. I didn't put it in my notes, but in Acts 10.38, it says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Not how God anointed the word of God. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, and he went about doing good and healing all oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Do you notice how it said Jesus of Nazareth? God anointed him. So it's completely up to us. And we have to be very clear. Now, I'm going to step out. I, you, if you get to know me, you know I like to zoom out and then I'll tie, tie back in. So now and again, I want to zoom out a little bit and look at the, the bigger picture. Because I believe the bigger picture is like the crow's nest view, right? You know what a crow's nest is, right? Up those old pirate ships, they, they stay, the crow's nest was right on top, and he was the guy because they didn't have radar and GPS and a map of the world. The, the guy on the crow's nest could see the furthest out. So sometimes, you know, we've got, you, we've got to zoom out to see a bigger picture, and then we could zoom in. And, and, you know, when we talk about grace and we talk about the love of God and we, t- and we can focus and we can do all this, but sometimes we need to just take a little step out and see, see stuff to get perspective how it fits together, how it all works, how, how, this all, how this all fits in together. So every now and again, I will try and tell you when I'm doing that, but, but I try to step out of it a little bit so it's like, hey guys, remember, this is, this is how it all looks like. This is when we zoom out, okay? So now there are these two things, and, and you know, and I, and I will have to touch on this in the next week or two. I will have to talk about sovereignty of God again. I know I haven't done it for a while, but you know it's a pet peeve of mine, and I don't mind dealing with it very specifically and get into scriptures and explain it in detail. I'll zoom in on on the sovereignty of God because it's a hyper-powerful revelation that has created massive destruction in the body of Christ. And that is, God is in control. I grew up with the thought, I grew up with the phrase, and, I, and, you know, Shannon, are you saying that you don't believe in the sovereignty of God? Oh, no, I absolutely believe in the sovereignty of God, but let's talk about it. God is certainly sovereign, and we need to understand the sovereignty of God. But this phrase, God is in control, has paralyzed the body of Christ, has caused, people to, has caused many, many, many people to hate God hate God and they don't understand it and it's paralyzed it's it's made the it's 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 absolutely a demonic teaching I know it's strong words but listen to me it sounds controversial when I say it God is in control but it is absolutely not true (laughs) I'm sorry I'm sorry I can't go into it today but I will okay in the next week or two, I'm going to go into it and we'll tie and we'll go and look at it and I'll pull it apart. But let me just say that this piece, so I'm stepping out again a little bit here. This God is in control portion is completely opposite to this thing called free will. You can't have one and the other. Because, and this is where there's been massive confusion in the body of Christ. It goes, oh yeah, I have free will, but God is in control. Well, which is it? Who decided to speed down the road, you or God? If Jesus healed the sick, who made them sick if God is in control? If God's will was always done, why were they sick in the first place? If there wasn't free will, there wouldn't be love. Okay, I'm going to get ahead of myself because it's... You, you, for love to exist, for love to exist, free will needs to exist. Or otherwise, if there was, what was that show? The Last Man on the World or something like that. But if there was one man and one woman and they had to get married, love wasn't a choice, right? For love to be love, it has to be the fact that you get to choose. That's what makes worship beautiful. Not because you have to worship God, but because you get to worship God. You get to, to get to honor Him. That's why, that's why it's beautiful to Him. Not because you're such a good singer. 
It's because you chose to come and worship him together. You chose to take time out of your day and to honor him and to exalt him and to give you. And, and listen, if you just sang with your mouth, whoop de doo It doesn't mean anything. It's, it's God. It's the choice of heart. It's bringing him a free will offering. A free will offering. That's what gives it value. It's because you don't have to. In fact, that's why there was a tree in the garden. You wonder why God put that tree in the garden? So they could be free will. Because if they never had a choice, they had to have a choice of not to do. And to, God, obedience, this is what I'm getting to. I'm laying this foundation because it's important to grasp that obedience, we get to choose to follow God's way or you choose not to. So even if you're a grace person, and we are, we believe in the grace message and faith righteousness, and we get into that, there are loads of commands about the blessings of obedience. So let's, let's move along. But, but like I've, I've said, by grace through faith. So um, in, I'll get to that piece here. Deuteronomy 6, verse 4 to 9. Here, and I, I touched this on this in a few series ago. Here, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. This is called the Shema. Every Hebrew knows it. Every Jewish person knows this is the Shema. Um, it says here, it starts off with saying, Here, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. There's so much about the character of God here if we had to unpack it and spend it. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. Heart, say heart, not in your head. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gate. He's, he's, and and, if you, and we, we unpack the word here, or Israel, here the word here is Shema, and I'll get into that in a second. But it's the same word that we see in, in Isaiah 1 verse 18 to 20. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. They are red like crimson, they'll be like wool. If, say if, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be eaten by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Now, go back to verse 19 there, please, Christina. It says, if you are willing and obedient, that word obedient is exactly the same word as here. It's shama. You see, the, the Hebrew word, and it's actually very similar in Greek, funny enough, but the word shama means this. If you go and study it on, in any of your favorite concordances or strongs or, or uh, thayers or whatever, it's to to hear intelligently, to listen, to obey, to understand, to give heed to, to agree to, to yield to, to obey, to be obedient. It's the same word, shama. And God is saying, if you shama, if you are willing, willing is another piece of it. Are you willing to walk in the blessings of God? Are you willing to take, because God has these, these great promises of healing, of prosperity, of no lack. All of these things are, are promises that we can participate in if you are willing and obedient. If you're willing to hear, if you're willing to walk in his, to listen to, okay? So now I know grace people. I was one of them myself when I was in early in grace. And I thank God for, as I said, the grace message. But when I heard the word command, I had been in such a legalistic organization before that I felt like, don't tell me the word command. Because, because I had been under the misunderstanding that you had, you had to follow the commands to earn the blessings of God. If you cannot follow the commands to earn anything from God, that's, you, don't, you can't follow the commands for righteousness sake. You can't earn righteousness by following the commands. You see? And now that's where I was, I was lost because I thought, well, you know, who's righteous? Well, you just got to buckle up and do right. 
And I thought that my doing right made me righteous. No. That's why the whole book of Romans and Galatians talks about faith righteousness. Philippians 3, Paul does a phenomenal job in Philippians 3 about speaking about I thought that I was this, I was this fancy Jew, and I did all of these, and I had all these certificates on my wall, and he says, I'm throwing that stuff out like dog dung so that I can have, and it's literally the word he uses, I, I, I'm throwing all that stuff away so that I can get this righteousness, this righteousness that's by faith. You see, righteousness does, can only come by faith and not by works. You can only be righteous by faith, okay? Only faith righteousness, only coming to Jesus and saying, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need what you are. I, that's who is, he is our righteousness. He is our righteousness in him, remember? In him, I am the righteousness of God. In him, you aren't righteous apart from him. He doesn't say, oh, let me give you righteousness. Oh, here's, here's some righteousness. Here you go, Shannon. No. You are not righteous on your own and never will be. So, anyhow. So this willing and obedience, and we see this word Shema, it's important for us to hear, to, 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 if hear, O Israel, it's important for us to be obedient, for us to, but not to earn anything from God. We are, by, we are become righteous by grace through faith in what Jesus finished and did on the cross. And that is a whole message. I go into that in the very first um, uh, uh, D group. Thank you, T. The disciple, the D group. In, in the very first D group, I go into faith righteousness in detail because it's a beautiful subject and it's revolutionized my life. I mean, I've got a book here called The Gospel of Peace in my, on my shelf. It's, if you've never studied The Gospel of Peace by Jim, Jim Richards, it's one of the most incredible stories, teachings that you could do. I spent three years in the book. I've been to Bible college, and it revolution. I, I would read through to chapter one. Eventually, my chapter one, two, and three was all brown because I'd read through it so many times. And I'd been a Bible college student, people. But righteousness, the, the beauty and the liberty of understanding that righteousness can only come because you trust in his righteousness. It's only by him, okay? So, so it's, it's, it's super important to, to get that. So, but, but again, hearing and obeying the blessings of obedience. Now, I'm gonna read through a bunch of scripture here. Don't disconnect, amen? Say, so I'm not gonna disconnect. Here, 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 here um, there, there are Proverbs is a, powerful you know now uh, we were touching on it with norman or somebody this morning the the old testament and i mentioned this before what we call the old testament a lot of christians today are either so confused with the covenants that they just toss the old testament quote unquote aside and they just stay in the new that's not that's not what we should do we, we have to be very understanding genesis to revelation and especially genesis to mike to, to malachi was what, was what our New Testament believers received as Scripture. They did not have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and Acts, and Romans, and Corinthians. Those were letters that were basically expounding on what Jesus taught out of the quote-unquote Old Testament, out of Scripture. Okay. It's, it's, so, so why did when Jesus teach out of the same Scripture, everybody was like, why is he teaching like that? I mean, where does he get this stuff? Because they were so indoctrinated in legalism, they, was, they, they didn't understand the character and nature of God, that God is love and that God is... A, and so, and so they, were, they, they, they could not see the woods for the trees. And so Jesus came onto the scene and said, no, this is what God really looks like. He, he was the Word in the flesh. And we've seen his glory, the one who came from God, full of grace and truth. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> so, but the Old Testament is loaded. Now, you've got to understand in the New Testament, how are we righteous? By faith, by grace through faith. That's how we receive his righteousness. We step into him, we receive it. You can't, you cannot be righteous apart from it. When you, if you receive the righteousness of God, I just need to, drum this home if you receive the righteousness of god if you sin are you righteous or unrighteous yes you are just as in the sun before you received jesus and had him and you sin and and you did something good 
helped an old lady cross the street or you gave money to the church, did that, did that work give you righteousness? No. Works can't do that. That is dead works. And it's the same. You're not going to be made unrighteous by your sin. Hallelujah. Because why? It's not yours. It's not your covenant. It's his covenant. You are in him. Right? You're in him. You're only righteous in him anywhere. 2 Corinthians 5.21. God made him who had no sin to become sin for us so that in him we might become the very righteousness of God. 2 Corinthians 5.21. In him we become the very righteousness of God. I mean, when you study 2 Corinthians 5 and see the great exchange, whew, powerful. That's what the word reconciliation means, katalaso, it means exchange. I literally took on the robe of Jesus' righteousness, and he took all my sin. I think I got the better deal. So yes, I can strut and say, man, how do you like my robe, man? I didn't earn it though, Jesus did. It is free, but it's not without cost. It cost him everything. Not cheap, thank you. Not cheap. It cost him everything. But I get it for free because it's offered freely. Because he loved us. He loved us. That's why he did it. So, so again, zooming into this Proverbs. I'm going I'm to read these in Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1 to 5. To five. My son. If you receive my words and treasure up my commandments within you, with you, making you irretentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. You see, you, won't, you and I, even today, won't find the knowledge of God without this, with this, without this attitude. Without seeking it for silver, like silver and gold. There is so, you, it's, making it your, it's making it your target. It's like saying, God, I'm going to seek you. I'm going to prioritize you. You're not going to get the understanding of God. It doesn't come by osmosis when you go to sleep or while you're watching the Kardashians or football or the Olympics. You don't, you don't spend 675 hours watching TV and then wake up with the knowledge of God. Coming to, coming to church is a piece of it, but like you've heard me say so many times, it's just a piece of it. You've got to be plugged into relationship with brothers and sisters. Iron sharpens iron. It all works in connection with one another and, and, and working. That's how it, and and it's, it's, it's so that we can know him and, and conform into his image and renew his mind. And we'll get into some of that again sometime. But, but Proverbs 3, listen to this. Uh, verse 3, let not, stead, uh, sorry, let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Who does the writing? You do. You are the one that is, you and I are tasked with the job of writing them on the tablet of our heart. And we can spend another few months studying the heart. But we, we, we did the parable of the sower a little while. And we studied, basically the parable of the sower is teaching us how to write on the tablet of our hearts how to establish the word in our lives and how to get it in our heart. Are we doing it for righteousness sake? No, righteousness by faith alone. So what am I doing here? You, Jesus said, let not love, steadfast love, and that well, steadfast love is different, word, different translations. It's that word chesed. It's a fantastic study on, on tender mercies, loving faith. Well, it, it, it's, it's, it's so much more than just, it's mercy, it's, Faithful love, it's just a powerful, powerful word, okay? So, but then it says this, I'm going to go back, um, verse 3. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart, so that you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Any of you want that? You want favor and good success? 
in the sight of God and man? Well, hmm. So you will find, yeah, then verse 4, trust in the Lord with all your heart. So you see what preceded that. We always quote that one, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your understanding. But how did you get a different understanding? By love, by mercy, and binding mercy and faithfulness around your neck. Makes, made, there, even there, love, 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 love. It's got to be, it's got to be a part of who you are, writing them on the tablet of your heart. That does not happen by osmosis. And then in verse 6, it says, in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. In all your ways, direct, he will make straight your paths, but you are the one that establishes it in your heart and life. You are the one that acknowledges him in your ways, not by, oh, I'm just going to do whatever the heck I want to. I'm going to live like ever I want to, and then the blessings of God are just going to fall on me. Well, they can't. Not because God doesn't want you to. They, they, they can't. Because it, it, it's, it's, there is a path of way of light. And if we don't walk in the pathway of light and love, and the way he says it, his commands, if we don't obey, then we aren't getting, you see this nicely lit pathway down there here. It's nicely lit. Now, if I chose to walk over here in the shadows and said, oh God, why haven't you blessed me? I have prayed. God's like, dude, I told you what to do. Go that way. No, 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 I don't want to do that. I, I, I want to spend my time watching the Kardashians. And, and because I went to university, I know more than anybody else. I know more than Jesus because my professor said, this will give me good success. In fact, the more people I can screw over in business, the more money I will make. Well, you can. The Bible even talks about dishonest gain and where it ends and where that path leads. But you see, he has a way that you can walk in the light and then you can choose. Remember, free will, free will, free will. You can choose to walk in the light or not. Your choice, my choice. Just please don't blame God. He's the one saying, go this way. Here's my, here's my word. Read my word. Write it on your heart. Do it this way. Don't do it this way. Do it this way. Don't do it this way. Do it this way. Don't do it this way. And if we're going to say, no, I'm not going to do it this way. Oh, God. <laughs> it's so terrible. I'm in terrible relationships with my kids, and I'm in terrible this, and I'm, it's so bad. Oh, God, please help me. And God says, uh, would you do it my way? Do you know how loaded Proverbs is? with good advice, God advice. Do you know how loaded the New Testament, loaded the New Testament is with good advice? You can read Peter, it doesn't matter who, Paul, you can read all of them. Hey guys, don't do this, live like this, don't do this, live like this. And you see, but if you've got those glasses that say, oh, I've got to do it so that I can be righteous, then you resist it. Because you think those things earn you righteousness from God. No, they don't. They don't earn you anything from God. God loves you the same. You're getting to, you get to walk in the way and blessings if you do it His way. That's why the be obedience is a blessing. And if you resist obedience and do it your way, you're going to have a sucky life. And if you're in Jesus, praise God. You will walk into Jesus' presence and he's going to say, Woohoo, you made it. Here you are. Let's get that fixed up. You can have a sucky life. Seriously, you can. You can have poverty. You can send your kids to hell. You can, you, by don't disciplining them, you can, can do all of the stuff the Bible tells you not to do. Oh, I don't believe in discipline because Dr. Spock says. Or you can read Proverbs and says, discipline him. If you don't discipline him, then you hate your child. If you don't discipline him, you're going to send him to hell. If you don't, oh, I'm offended. I'm offended. Listen, guys, I didn't come up with that. You have a problem with the word of God, take it up with Jesus. He is the word of God. He wants the best for you. 
He wants the best for you. I can see him just about like, please do it this way, guys. I don't want. And there they go again. Listen, I mean, we've all, we all make stupid choices. We all make ignorant choices. We all do. That's why my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Why? Because God decided to wipe them out? No. It's like tantamount to you walking off the cliff and saying, oh, I can walk on air. No, you can't. Why is God doing this to me? He's not. He's not. It's not God. It's not God. Free will. Free will. It's important. That's why I said that foundation that you have to understand is free will. And if you're still trapped in the deception, as many, many, many churches and Christians are today, if you're trapped in the deception that God's will is automatically done, it's not. And we, we have to knock that, kick that one in the butt. And we will. We'll, we'll get into it because we study under sovereignty. And then we can get into a little bit of uh, Romans 8, 28, when, uh, you know, everything happens for the good for them who love it. No, it doesn't say that. You've got to read it properly. It doesn't say that. There's, very, there's conditions in all of those. We can, we can unpack those. Okay, so Proverbs 3, um, verse 13. I'm going to run out of time. But I'm, the, I've got a, there's so many. If you read Proverbs Chapter 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, I think even some in 10. No, maybe 9. There is so much about the walking in the wisdom of God. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom, verse 13 of Proverbs 3. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than the gain from silver and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand, and her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are, her, her ways, are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. You want to walk in peace with God and a lot of times with men, but guess what? Free will. You can, you can do everything right, and your kid can still choose to go wrong. They did it with God. They did it with God. It's no different. Israel, do you know that Israel, <laughs> God stopped myself. Israel didn't have to spend 40 years in the desert. Do you know that? That was their choice. Every time somebody gets murdered, it's their, the murderer's choice. Do you think it was God's plan to kill Abel with Cain's rock? No. Sometimes, the, sometimes we are the subject or we are subject and some of you are subject to somebody else's stupid decision. You, you just did the wrong place at the wrong time. It's got nothing to do with God. Ask Abel. What about the other people who weren't the ten spies? I mean, we know that Joshua and Caleb chose, not to, chose differently. Um, uh, verse, Proverbs 4, 5. Get wisdom. Get insight. Do not forget do not forget. Who's supposed to keep it in memory? You. Do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will keep you. Love her and she will guard you. If you love wisdom, if you love listening to his ways, if you've got a teachable heart, she will guard you. Wisdom will guard you. Wisdom will guard you. That, that, is, that is walking in his way will bring you wisdom. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom and whatever you get, get insight. Verse 10. Hear my son and accept my words. It doesn't say hear my son or shama my son and forget my words. Reject my words. Ignore my words. Don't even read the Bible that your life may be many because you're just going to know. Walking in the way of light, listening, accept his words. And, your, and the years of your life may be many. But remember, Abel didn't live long because of some stupidness. And I believe the Holy Spirit can keep us away from some of that. He can lead us. I have taught you the way of wisdom, it says in verse 11, and I've led you in the path, 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 
path of uprightness. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. And if you run, you will not stumble. Keep hold of instruction and do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked, because you can choose. That's why we're told. Do not enter the path of the wicked, and do not walk in the way of evil. Verse 20, my son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep, keep, guard them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and healing to their whole spirit. Hmm. Wow. They're healing. They can actually bring my body healing? Yes. Keep your heart with all vigilance for from it flows the, sp- the springs of life. And verse 26 says, ponder or give thought to, consider the path of your feet. Then all your ways will be sure. But you see, we haven't. We haven't. We, we don't do this because, oh, I don't believe that because I'm a grace person or I'm not going to take the time because I've got more important things to do. I've got sport to play. I've got, uh, and I've got nothing against sport. But, but honestly, it can be a waste of time if you make any hobby or any activity your priority. This stuff doesn't come by osmosis. Being attentive to his words, guarding it, accepting it, getting in your heart, establishing it. It can't give your flesh health. Amen. There is so many. (laughs) I'm only in chapter four, but I could go through five, six, seven, eight. I've got like five more scriptures that we could just unpack. But it says the same same thing. Treasure up uh, chapter seven, verse one. It says, my son, keep my words. Treasure up my commandments within you. Keep my commandments and live. Keep my teaching as the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers. Write them on the tablet of your heart. We see that David wrote the whole of Psalm 19 about this. That long, 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 long psalm was, was the same thing. Your words bring life. Not just because you put them under there or you go to church and you put them under your pillow and you think that by osmosis the Bible is going to soak through the pillow or something like that. It's, it, or you're going to, no, it's, it's, it's putting it in, getting it in your heart, in your mind. And like when he says something, you choose to obey. If you're willing and obedient, you will eat the fat of the land. You'll eat the good of the land. If you're willing willing and choose to shema, you choose to hear and accept and, 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 and follow his way. Your choice, your choice, the power that God has given you and I right since the garden is still the power that he is. Your choice, my choice. That's what Joshua said. Who are you going to choose? As for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord, but, but you get to pick. Blessings and courage, you can do it. You, your choice, you, you, you choose. Now you can, you can sit in church and you can choose not to be a being. That's why Jesus, even in Matthew 7, tells about the, the parable of the, of the wise and the foolish builders, right? Both of them hear the word of God. One chooses to hear and obey, and one chooses not to. One just hears the word. Hearing the word doesn't do it for you. It's a part of the process, but you've got to do it. You've got to actually walk on the path. You've got, to, you've got to do it. Now, does my doing earn from God from anything? Understand, no. It's been given freely to you, but there is a path. It's just the way to walk. It's just the way to walk. It's like if I abuse something, if I said to General Motors or I go and buy a new car or whatever from whoever and I say, you know what, here's the owner's instruction manual. I am just going to not put gas in the tank. I think it should run on sugar because I like sugar. Or honey. Let me try honey. Ain't going to work. You're going to blow up the engine. Why? Because the owner said, do it this way. And you said, uh-uh, I'm going to do it my way. So when the, owner, when the engine blows up because you're not listening to the instructions, do you understand? You get it, right? Hallelujah. Wisdom, we get to choose. Amen. We get to choose how we're going to walk in life. There is an obedience. To, there is a, a blessing. The, uh, obedience. I, I want to, if I can leave you with anything, I want you to grasp this concept. Please. 
Your obedience doesn't earn from God. It doesn't earn from God. But you cannot walk in a fullness of abundant life without doing it His way. You cannot. You cannot. Now, if you do not know Jesus as Lord and Savior, that is where it starts. You accept because you aren't saved just by coming to church. You aren't saved because, oh, I can't. No, it's a decision. It's a free will decision to become, to make Jesus your Lord and Savior. I, I honestly have a problem with people that say, well, and I've asked them, when have you been, when did you serve, just choose to serve the Lord? And they say, well, I, I just never did. I just always was a Christian. What? There's no such thing. You don't inherit, you don't inherit righteousness. You, the, God has no grandchildren or great-grandchildren. You choose to serve him. You choose to submit your will with your free will. You choose. And if you've never done that, you need to do that. You need to choose and say to the Lord, and, and you don't have to walk up to the front. There's nothing magical about here. But you need to say to Jesus, Jesus, I, I, I will serve you. Jesus, I accept you, what your gift is, what you've done for me on the cross. I receive that so that by grace through faith, I am and step into him. Amen. That's where it starts. And then, as you know, we, we talk about a, a, a living relationship with Jesus. That's, that's where it's all about. Amen. Let's, let's close our eyes. Father, thank you, Holy Spirit, for the power that you have given us in free will. Thank you for the free will so that we can give you a free will offering of our lives. That we can choose to serve you or choose to serve self. Lord, when we make you Lord, we do that. We do just that. We, we declare you as the Lord, the King, the master of our destiny, the master of everything we are. And that is a free will choice. And so right now, if you've never made that choice, that is, that is what God primarily has for you. What do you choose to do with your free will? Because it is yours. And all you have to say in your heart, with all the honesty and, and openness you say, just say, Lord, I, I need you and I can't, I can't be righteous without you. And thank you for what you did on the cross for me. I receive what you've done for me. I receive that. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And just, or you just need to say something is like, God, I, I can't, but help me where I'm at. And just know that he has never been away from you. I want you to know that no matter if you're the dirtiest, rottenest, most terrible sinner in the entire world, God will never be far from you. Never, never. He's right there. He loves you even as you are and always will. Thank you for your love, Father. We receive that in Jesus' name. Father, give us the wisdom. If this is a decision, we, if this is a decision that you need to make for yourself, but if you've said, if some, the Holy Spirit has spoken something into your heart and you say, Lord, I want to walk in the blessings of obedience, I choose right now to hear. I choose to hear choose to hear I choose to 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 read these things and and to hear what you're saying to me Holy Spirit I choose to follow those ways thank you Holy Spirit that you are a helper that you will guide us and lead us and we choose to hear what you have to say Lord I've made many mistakes and I'm sure every one of us can pray this prayer we can say Lord I'm I'm I've made so many mistakes. I've done it my way. I've been so selfish, even as a believer, and I, and I choose to, to walk away from that. I want you at the helm of my life, in the driver's seat, so to speak. Thank you, Lord, that, that you will take that, that role. And know that no matter how far you are or feel, let me put it that way, no matter how far you feel from God, just the choice to surrender to his will, just the choice to surrender to his wisdom and will, immediately, immediately your life will start taking choice when you choose to walk in his way, in his path. Don't need to prophesy that because that just is the truth. And this morning, as we close the service, we have 
great prayer ministers up front here. They would love to pray with you. And let me tell you, this prayer up front is not a magic wand. It's not a magic wand. They don't have special hands, but they, they, are, they know how to listen and they hear the Holy Spirit. They know how to hear beyond just the superficial. And if you need a word from the Lord particularly, maybe, or you, 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 you feel like um, you just want to just under, or unburden yourself or talk to, to them, it's completely confidential. They don't say anything. I just want to let you know they are super well-trained and they're just great ministers. And I so appreciate our prayer team so very, very, very much. And know that you can come and pray with them anytime. They're always open. And if you're online, text the word prayer to our texting church number 352-441-3016 and the prayer minister will contact you sometime. And get a, you'll get a text back and set up an appointment and they can, they can talk with you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Pastor T, is there anything else, my brother? You good? Hey, we're all good. Well, are we good? Hallelujah. Isn't it good? God is so good, man. I tell you what, he loves you. He loves you so much. Amen. Know that you can't earn it by doing anything, but you can receive everything from him. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, be dismissed. Have a great week. We'll see you Wednesday if you're coming to Overflow. And uh, stay tuned. And then uh, Thursday is GLS. If you're plugging into GLS, that's, that's not a ministry conference. That's a leadership conference. If you're a business owner or you're just a, a, a teacher or a parent, leaders can benefit greatly from the GLS. Amen. See you Thursday. Have a great week. We love you guys.